and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television. Bass Edge Television is on Wild TV currently in Canada, and soon, I mean really soon, we'll be back on the Versus Network January through June of 2008. Outdoors Dan here, I've got my other co-host, or the only co-host, or actually the host of Bass Edge TV, but he's really nothing a co, he's a host. I mean, it's Aaron Martin, what else can I say? Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing good, Dan. You doing alright? I'm doing peachy, man. It's uh, getting towards the end of the year, and... I'm wrapping stuff up, so I'm looking for a little downtime, just doing some trade shows here coming up. I hear you. We've got certainly got a uh, exciting show coming up today, no doubt. We do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are we doing a show? Yeah. Well, last I checked, or maybe we were just having a conversation. Uh, you know, <laughs> usually it's just I thought you were calling to say hi. Yeah. Well, actually, we do got a good show. Bass Edge Professor, and I call him the Professor because the man's when you say Jay's mental, that's a good thing. He's really in the mindset of fishing. Jay McNamara is going to help us out with getting set mentally and equipment-wise for next year. And then I'm not familiar with this other gentleman, the Wizard of Rods, Ken Whiting. What's, what's up with that? Well, uh, if, if there is anything to know about rod building or what goes into a rod and what you need, uh, that's, you know, he has the nickname the Wizard of Rods, and, and he has numerous, numerous awards. So I look forward to being able to spend some time with him because I really feel like he's going to bring a new light uh, to, to rod building. Well, I think that'll be interesting on my end as well. Hey, and don't forget, we're going to answer the, the listener email question and give away some great prizes to this week's lucky winner, and it's all right here. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that stuff going, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Well, Aaron, i got to tell you, you know, I can't believe the end of the year is here, and it just went by way too fast. And like I said in the opening, we, uh, we're on Outdoors Traditions TV. We're wrapping everything up. I've got maybe one or two things left to do, and then, we're getting set. I know. How are you guys? Are you done for 08? Are you, you know, still filming? We are. We are completed as far as on the water filming and uh, have uh, have most of that out of the way. A few odds and ends, you know, some studio time, but we're really kind of gearing up for the the promotion end of it. But you know, isn't it hard to believe that we only have three more podcasts left, counting this one? That's even including this one. You know, yeah, for the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm losing I'm losing faith in the fact that I'll be getting my Bass Edge Blaze Orange Pumpkin. Shirt. Well, you never know. Christmas as Santa's could be good to you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Either that or my Aaron Martin hair tonic. Either or would be good. Yeah, I'm still telling you, I'm going for the do rag for you. I, I think that would work. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe it. And uh, I know uh, the you know the show seasons are coming up as far as the trade shows, and I know you and I'll be in St. Louis in Des Moines together on a couple of venues but it's just crazy and uh, i know i'm be anxious for my show to get out on july and you guys will be back on uh, versus in january yeah in a couple just weeks. To january 5th actually is when we kick off and i know your show's been rocking and rolling on fox and uh, so a lot of good things going on and you know we're i am actually pretty excited we're you know last year we had uh, the premiere party uh that was uh, actually held in missouri this year uh one of our obviously one of our corporate sponsors ditch which is actually going to host the event uh down in at their corporate world headquarters in perry oklahoma and so all of their employees and we're having a lot of the sponsors a lot of media and a lot of the anglers that's coming in so it should be a great time 
Oklahoma, huh? Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> did you see what I did there? I, I, I did. I did. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, that was pretty funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it's all you, Dan. Yeah, well, it's all. What can you do? I get one in once a year. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, that's that's exciting. Uh, it's kind of... It's kind of slow up where I'm at. I, uh, we're just kind of ice fishing right now, and I, I know you love ice fishing. Uh, never been. I, you know, I prefer not to, uh, not to have to cut ice, but I can't go and say that I don't like it because I've never been. But, uh, See, you just don't like the fact that you can't take your boat out. That's, right. that's what it is. You're just not comfortable fishing without that little pretty boat around. Exactly. You know, ice doesn't go too well on fiberglass. Uh, yeah, but look at the live well cost you save. I, mean, I know. You just chuck the thing on the ice, and it's ready to cook. I'm hearing you. Yeah, I tell you, there is nothing better, in my humble opinion, than a crappie that is taken out of ice-cold water, and you take it and fillet it out and cook it that night. I'm telling you, that's great, great eating. I know we used to do that, uh, actually, you know, growing up on the rivers and that, uh, gigging with suckers and, you know, uh, red horse and and white suckers and things like that, and that was always a treat, being able to just pull up on a gravel bar and, and actually, you know, fix fresh fish right there in the... It was absolutely fantastic, but right. you know, speaking of which, there there's a tremendous amount of of good fishing that that takes place this time of year, and and you know, I think that often gets overshadowed because obviously, you know, you have the hunting seasons that are factored into there, and then plus we're into the holiday, but I I've found that going out on whether it be a stream or a pond or even even the major reservoirs, you know, a lot of times you can have these areas all to yourself and really really catch some some quality quality bass. Well, sure, throughout the Midwest, I mean, it's open water pretty much anyway, and you get out there, there's no no uh, penetration on the lake whatsoever, and you get up on those structures, those docks, those piers, whatever, points, uh, you can catch some tremendous fish. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, too, this is the time of year to, it's hard to believe, but we're already talking about pre-spawn uh, down in the south, you know, I mean, uh, lakes like Okeechobee and and things like that. I mean, they are, you know, they're gearing up. Those those fish are getting ready to to start identifying and relating to to the moon phases to you know to come in and, and start looking for places and nests. Uh, so I mean, it's just an exciting time. And you know, the closer that we get to the spring, um, man, you can't help but but think about uh, you know. I have visions of fish that are going to be caught this year. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, it'll be here before you know it. That's right. Folks, we need to take a short break. When we come back, you're going to hear Jay McNamara and other great stuff right here on The Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The Tow and Stow Receiver Hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on The Edge, and you know, when you think of fishing... Uh, obviously, a lot of things come to mind with regards to preparing your tackle, making the cast, uh, getting the bait uh, to present itself in the in the right fashion. But another huge aspect of fishing is is the mental aspect. And joining us is Doctor Fish, Jay McNamara. Jay, thanks so much uh, for being part of the Edge today. Thanks, Aaron, for having me. It's always fun to talk with you. You know, I, I 
we're, we're approaching, quickly approaching, I should say, uh, kind of that new year, the holiday season, you know, when everybody really starts, uh, you know, coming up with the New Year's resolutions and a little bit of the off-season from fishing, still a lot of good fishing to be had, but there's a lot of things that take place around this time of year, whether it be, you know, for your personal or your business life, and in this case, you know, fishing. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, making some of those resolutions and, and some processes that, that you actually put in place, you know, through and talking about in your uh, Psychology of Exceptional Fishing book? Sure. Well, you know, one of the most important things that we need to do every year, and whether it's the first of the year or the 15th of April or whenever it is, is to do an inventory of what we've got. Um, good fishermen inventory their tackle on a regular basis. Um, we all inventory our finances just before t- tax time in April. Um, it's a good idea to inventory your uh, psychological assets as well. So that's one of the things that, uh, you know, it seems like uh, we did that again. We did that last year, but, of course, you sorted your tackle again last year, too. So the idea of uh, staying with the process of reviewing and renewing your commitment to the mental aspect of your fishing is something that's important to do every year as well. Well, and, you know, I, I think that brings up a good point because just like your tackle, I mean, you, you purchase new tackle. You have some of those uh, staples that you'll always keep and want to hang on to because of their, you know, how they perform or just confidence. But as we grow older and as we mature in the sport or just in life in general, you know, there's things that we add to our arsenal as well. Absolutely. You know, and... uh just because you uh, have a new bait or a new mental technique um, doesn't mean it's going to work if you don't practice it. I remember personally, I bought some of those great big ledge spinner baits a few years ago. I bought them in April. Um, I didn't tie it on until Halloween, and I caught a five pounder. There was an article that I read recently uh, where Kevin Van Dam wrote about the same phenomena with uh, soft stick baits, uh, senkos and sluggos, that he had a whole bunch of them in his tackle box for several months before he actually sat down and worked with them and figured out the best rod and reel and line combinations to go with those things. And, of course, now they're an important part of his arsenal. So having a technique, whether it's a practical technique or a mental technique, uh, doesn't mean it's going to work unless you put it into use. Well, and, and with that being said, you know, you, you talk a lot about persistence. And, and I think that really, I guess, hit me, uh, especially coming into the beginning of the year, preparing for uh, the upcoming 2008 year. Why is persistence so important? I, when you look at uh, the psychological research on change and, and uh, controlling habits, um, one of the most significant uh, and insidious obstacles to improvement in any area of life, really, whether it's fishing or anything else, is the lack of follow-through. We have all kinds of treatments for stop smoking, weight loss, behavior change across all kinds of areas where people show very significant immediate impact, but after a period of time, the effect of those treatments falls off. And the same thing is true when we think about just basic New Year's resolutions, you know. Um, the gym is packed full of people in January. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we all have seen that. You can't get a, par- a spot in the parking lot. And by the middle of uh, March, uh, it's back to being what it was before. And so the whole process of how do you remain uh, consistent and persistent with the uh, goals or the resolutions or the tech- new techniques that you've developed uh, is a key element. Well, and, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I can appreciate from going back to, again, to your book. You know, you talk about the importance of 
you know, developing that calendar of, of really laying that out, whether you go buy one or it's one, you know, that you get mailed to you from your local pharmacy or something in the mail as an advertising piece. But bottom line, set up a time and, and kind of an appointment with with me, so to speak, to be able to reevaluate those. That's exactly right. You know, one of the things that I tell people this time of the year is one of the best presents you can give yourself is the gift of persistence. And it's not that difficult. People see I need to say I need to be more disciplined. You don't need to be more disciplined. You just need more external constraints and reminders to stick with what you agreed to do at the beginning of the year. So like you said, if you use the, whether it's the computer on your calendar or the one that you get at the drugstore or the one you buy at Bass Pro Shops or whatever it is, write yourself a note on the 15th of every month. It'll take uh, five minutes to do this exercise to review whatever the goals, the, the uh, fishing goals you set for yourself this year and uh, see how you're doing. So the 15th of February, the 15th of March, the 15th of When you get to the 15th of August, um, I promise you will have spent more time on that technique than you would if you didn't use this persistence method, this reminder method. Well, and, you know, one of the things that I find, I guess, ironic is that I have a tendency or a habit. You know, when I find something that really works, you know, okay, it's working, but yet I tend to stray away from that. Whereas if you had reminders, let's say, or even a support system, maybe you share those ideas with someone else, you know, they can help uh, keep you on track. Exactly. Well, and you used the, the key word there, Aaron, that you used is habits. We all have habits that we get into or we do things consistently over and over and over again. You get uh, gas when the gas gauge gets below a quarter of a tank. You, do, you balance your checkbook a certain time every month. Uh, you get into the habit of doing things, they just happen automatically. And what, that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about adding another set of habits that can help you make a, become a better fisherman. And the way that you do that is just reminding yourself that this is when I do this. This well, is how often I review this particular technique. Uh, the, you develop that habit, and then it becomes part of your arsenal. Well, and, and classifying those really into beneficial habits or those that are not, you know, I look at, at uh, let's say, your, your fishing, your style. You know, I think each angler has, uh, especially the more as they mature within the sport, that they develop styles. And, you know, habits, let's say, if you predominantly always throw a jig a certain time of year in a certain water clarity against a certain structure, you know, perhaps that has been beneficial up to this point. But also, do those habits necessarily box us in and cause us to kind of, you know, proceed through our day of angling you know, with blinders on. Well, exactly. Habits are just like lures, you know. They can work for you or against you, depending on whether it's the right time to use them or not. And uh, the more habits you have, the more uh, different techniques you have at your disposal, the more flexible you'll be, um, the better your, your uh, opportunity will be to take advantage of the situations that you're facing. Well, and, you know, to take that to, I guess, to the next level, you know, once you've established um, kind of those great ideas or those resolutions or, or the, the course that you want to pursue for the upcoming year and then following through with persistence and, and consistency and, and creating that level of accountability, you know, I, I know one of the things that you often go into is then one of the best ways to really concrete or cement that into, you know, your repertoire is to be able to, to share that with others. Well, absolutely. You know, it's an axiom in all learning that the best way to learn something is to teach it to someone else. That's absolutely the case. So one of the things that a person could easily work into their repertoire around building a new skill set or a new technique or, a, or competency with a new lure is to um, make it a point to try and teach that to someone else. Uh, if you want to teach, show somebody else how to use a particular technique or lure, you really have to know it inside and out to be able to do that. You have to think about 
exactly what it is that you mean when you say this is how this bait works or this is how this map reads or this is what this means with this weather system or however you want to do that. Uh, the more you have to explain it to someone else, the more it makes you think about that in issue in some depth and uh, the more it becomes uh, an ingrained part of your repertoire again. And, you know, beyond that, Jay, do you find that um, by, by establishing those principles, it, is, it, is it a very long-lasting, or is it something that you have to constantly go back and, and revisit? Well, you know, that's another one of those things, uh, Aaron, where performance psychology um, is pretty clear in, showing, in demonstrating, uh, based on research, how that works. The more different ways in which you learn something, the more likely it is to, you, will be for you to retain it. So if you hear somebody tell you something, um, you might remember it. If you hear it and you repeat it back to somebody else, you're more likely to retain it. If you hear it, repeat it back to somebody else, explain it to somebody else, show it to somebody else, watch a demonstration, uh, see a videotape about it, read a book about it, the more different ways in which you take in and use information, the more likely it is that you will be to retain it. And uh, so the whole process of teaching a technique uh, to someone else um, really ingrains that technique into your own learning. And, you know, now stepping outside of kind of the processes and the procedures from, from the, the mental aspect, what are, you know, some of the things that being separate now from, you know, making those casts and perhaps the weather uh, kind of have this cabin fever situation, but necessarily don't really feel like getting out on a cold day to go fishing. What are some of the things that you recommend and suggest that are beneficial for anglers to be doing this time of year uh, yeah. that can ultimately produce huge dividends? once the season does come back around? Well, you know, one of the keys to success is recognizing mistakes and fixing them. And uh, we have the advantage with the use of mental imagery and visualization to be able to do that in the warmth and comfort of our homes on a cold winter day. You know, when most guys think about uh, the things that went wrong last year, they replay the scene exactly the way it happened over and over and over again. So whether it's a broken motor uh, or a frayed line or a fish that they lost at the side of the boat or not having their drag set correctly or making a cast up into a tree and having the guy in the back of the boat make the right cast and catch the five-pounder. Um, we go over that scene again and again and again, and we play it just the way it happened. That's not the best way to do it. The best thing to do really is to replay that scene in your head, only this time do what you wanted to happen. Do it the right way this time. So replay that scene with a drag on your reel, only this time set the drag correctly. As soon as that fish hits and you realize your drag's incorrectly, fix it. Uh, do that mental imagery in your head. Replay the scene again and again. See yourself doing the thing correctly this time. Uh, there's lots and lots of evidence that that will help you avoid making that same mistake again. It's like the golfer that um, visualizes hitting the ball in the water, you know. The more times you replay that scene in your mind, the more afraid you will be the next time you get to that, uh, that course and that hole when that water hazard is in front of you. Um, visualize the correct way to do it and make it a lot better. Well, you know, and, and speaking of, of things to do and processes, and, you know, obviously since it is Christmas, um, you know, one of the things of, of talking about gifts of, of, you know, that's kind of the season of, of giving gifts. But, you know, really you've got to take care of yourself uh, to, be able to be able to function, you know, properly. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, looking after yourself? Well, you know, there are several ways to think about that. You know, people talk about uh, the importance of taking care of yourself physically. Um, you can also talk a lot about uh, taking care of yourself emotionally. One of the best ways to deal with stress and pressure of the holidays is to be generous. Uh, in psychology, we call the concept altruism. 
Um, it's a very good defense against anxiety, stress, worry, and pressure. Um, doing something for someone else with no expectation of return. And it doesn't have to mean buying somebody a big present. It can just be going out of your way to be helpful, going out of your way to be thoughtful, just showing up and doing things. And so, you know, you see all kinds of people that volunteer their time at nursing homes or um, food shelves or uh, homeless shelters this time of the year, uh, things where they're doing things to help other people. Um, there's a real benefit in helping others, but there's also a personal benefit in the feelings, that, good feelings that people have about themselves that make it feel more like the holiday season. Um, and it is, it is restorative. It is the kind of thing that will take the edge off the stress and pressure that we all experience in the holiday season. Well, I... You know, I, I think by doing so, especially in our sport, you know, just looking at it by sharing the, the fishing experience, every single one of us has the ability, you know, to whether it be fishing from the bank at a, at a city lake or stream or pond uh, or fishing from a bass boat. You know, that to me, sharing that experience, that time, it's, it's often about the experience itself, not necessarily about how big the fish was or how many you caught. It was about being with somebody and them introducing that sport. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, I can't tell you the number of times, and I'm sure you've had this experience as well, that um, I've taken people out in my bass boat, young kids in the neighborhood, they just get a thrill out of riding around the lake in that rocket ship, you know? I mean, you and I take it for granted because this is what we fish out of, and we don't think it's a big deal. But to these kids in the neighborhood uh, whose parents either don't have a boat or they have a little 14-foot um, aluminum boat that that's all I can afford, just to go for a ride around the lake in our boat is a huge thrill. That doesn't take very much time. Um, it doesn't take very much effort. It's easy, um, and it's thrilling. Uh, if you also go fishing and manage to catch a few fish, that's gravy on top of that, you know. Well, you know, and in our last uh, closing minute, Jay, you know, one of the other things that does not take a lot of, of time or energy or money for that matter is, you know, your book, I can't even explain how the, the importance of it, and obviously that has been demonstrated by, you know, the number of copies that's being sold. You know, recently you were just featured on, uh, field and Stream Radio. I know Bass uh, Masters is doing a uh, Bass Times rather is doing an article up and coming on you of how this process, this this approach to fishing and really to life, uh, is is coming into vogue. And one of the things that I think every angler could do to benefit from is to you know to order your book because it really is a step by step process to how to to make you a better angler. Well, you know, uh, people could uh, do that if they wanted to, Aaron. Several of the um the segments from the book are at uh, BassEdge.com, and uh, we encourage people to go there and, and uh, check that out. If you uh, read, go to the uh, In the Zone section, you'll see um, some of the different segments of the uh, psychology of exceptional fishing. Uh, if people do want to order the book, they can uh, uh, call the Bass Edge office at 636-390-9395, 636-390-9395, or they can go to my website, uh, or my email address, which is jay.drfish, so j.drfish at gmail.com. And uh, we can, uh, we'll take care of them then. Well, you know, the, the exciting thing is, Jay, it's, it's only the beginning. You know, I, I really think that, um, that this is going to be taken to a whole new level. I know you're working on uh, some additional projects that will be coming out probably within the next 12 to 16 months, and, and we're certainly excited to see uh, what you have to offer us there. So it's always a pleasure to have you a part of the Edge, and, and thanks so much for, again, taking time out of your schedule to be part of the Edge. Okay, Aaron. Well, thank you very much, and if I don't talk to you in the next few weeks, you have a happy holiday. Likewise. Okay. Well, you know, it's always neat to hear about what Jay's point of view is going to be, and 
it's I never really thought about fishing New Year's resolutions, but I think he put a new twist on it. Well, and you know, I think his point was, and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to have him on a little bit in advance of you know when everybody starts uh, getting into that mindset, just to provide some thought. You know, a lot of us, like he said in his interview, one of the things that kind of cracked me up was you know you the gyms are just absolutely packed. Uh, for the month of January and the first few weeks of February. And then what happens is, you know, people get away from those. They have these great intentions, you know, but uh, there's not a lot of follow-through or a lot of accountability or persistence. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that you can say about Jay's system and his approach um, to not only just fishing but really life, but, you know, going through and setting some goals and then actually scheduling those out, say one day, a month to where you just spend some time and looking at, you know, if you want to be a better spinnerbait fisherman, if you want to be a better drop shot, or if, if you want to try and improve, you know, catching a limit, you know, how can you set up things and put those in place? I like the fact that he said about mentoring. I, I agree with him on that. If you want to better yourself, try to teach somebody something because you're going to relearn what you forgot. Yeah, and, and you're exactly right, Dan. And, and just think about where would we be had we not had someone, you know, come in and mentor us uh, with specific to the outdoors, chances are you and I wouldn't even be sitting here doing this. We wouldn't have that appreciation, and that's really, I think, we owe that to our sport is to be able to step in, you know, show somebody else how to do that, the experience, what it's all about, and then also you get the benefit of, of kind of cementing that into, you know, to your own skill set. Yeah, I like the fact about the inventory of the tackle with us the off-season because as you and I are talking, I've got my, my day pack all, i got GPSs, knives, broadhead sharpeners, everything laying around my office right now going through what I, I messed up and what I did. And so, sure. well, you know, I, mean, I agree with him because yeah, I'm kind of doing the same thing he's telling me to do. Well, and, and for instance, like yourself, you know, you've been out hunting all year, you know, as it was in the thick of the season. You're not spending probably as much time to, to kind of keep that organized and, and keep those things in place and know, you know, what what is still work, usable, I guess, and, and what is not. Likewise, with, with fishing tackle, I mean, you know, a lot of times we just we go out, we need something, we buy it, or uh, we shove it away, you forget that you have it. And I, I just think it's a good time to go through and, and really take inventory. And that helps you mentally, too, to be prepared. Oh, absolutely. Plus, I just found a box of raisins I lost three months ago. <laughs> you never, you never uh, know what you're going to find. Those do have a shelf life. <laughs> do they? Yeah, do they? raisins? I don't know. I don't know if they do, to be uh, honest with you. But yeah, I'll find out. I'll like, try. Yeah, if, if, if you're uh, <laughs> hacking over the side of the toilet, I guess we'll know that they do. Yeah, we'll know if raisins are good or exactly. not. Exactly. Well, good interview, Jay. And he, uh, folks, I tell you what, if you haven't got his book, Dr. Fish, uh, you need to check that out. Is it, is it Dr. Fish? Well, that's, that's actually his name, Dr. Fish. Oh. It's actually called, I prefer to call it Dr. Fish, but he's, he's, it's actually named The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. And it's okay. got, you know, tutorials. It, it's very, very self explanatory. So it's a great, great book, especially around Christmas time. Give that yeah, great away stocking as a stuff. You bet. All right, we're going to run and take our second break. When we come back, we're getting into my favorite part, the Santa Claus section of the show. Ho, ho, ho. That's the product giveaway and listener email we'll be right back when i'm fishing in a tournament time is critical i need fast easy access to my lures my cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized tangle free and within easy reach it installs in minutes under any deck lid maximizing the storage space in my boat and its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com.
All right, we're back on the edge, and it's time to award this week's lucky winner. And boy, is this guy a lucky winner because he's going to, I believe this is the first set we've given of these away. It's Frank from Peoria, Illinois. Frank, just got yourself a dozen of the FinTech title shot jig. Is that first time, Aaron? That is, that's the very first time. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I had a, an extremely limited supply to the whole tune of two uh, prior to this, and he sent, uh, sent us uh, a dozen to give away. And, um, you know, based on his interview last week, uh, I'm sure Frank is going to be thrilled when he actually sees what the, how these jigs perform. So. Oh, and the detail. Oh, I know. Yeah. I so. mean, the guy's an artist. So. Oh, and Dan, by the way, yeah. um, you got to quit entering this drawing. We're not <laughs> well, going to give you any prize. Well, you know, actually, like I said, I, I got hosed on the, on the jacket, so I got to get something out of this thing. You know? And, you know, I figured Myrtle May would work for a cover name, but yeah. I guess you found me out. Yeah, I, yeah. That, uh, it goes back to the IP address, right? Yeah, Don got the IP address. <laughs> I, you know, he's like a hound. Yeah, right? I know. Hey, this week's question is really a combination of several uh, emails we've gotten over the last couple months, and we're just going to try and do this as generically as possible to answer everybody's questions. And Aaron, Aaron I, I'll let you do this. Uh, How's your reading skills? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. And I'm uh, hopefully my answering skills are even better. So we'll see. But uh, you know, really, the question is during the, you know the cold winter months, they find it extremely uncomfortable to fish. And uh, certainly, I can relate, especially if you're in Iowa up there where you're at, trying to uh, drill through the ice. But can you provide some feedback on productive activities that can be done to further my development as an angler? without having to uh, battle the elements yet still stay involved in the sport. And, you know, I'm going to tie that right back into really Jay's interview. Um, This is a time as anglers, as sportsmen, that is a a great thing to do, again, is to sit down, take your rods, go through every single rod. One of the things that we covered on Bass Edge TV as far as rod maintenance was taking a Q-tip. If you have those porcelain eyes in your rod, take a Q-tip, go through those, if there's anything that sticks on those, that means that you have a crack or a rough spot in that porcelain eyes. Good opportunity to go and get that fixed because, as you know, any abrasion that's in within that porcelain will cause you to wear on your line and potentially losing a fish. Another thing is going through your tackle. You know, I like to – you're going to find this hard to believe, Dan, but I'm, I like to be organized. And so going through all of my tackle, I'll, I'll take all my spinnerbaits, look at the skirts, look at the rings on the spinnerbaits, you know, try and check the hooks for sharpness going through all of the the tackle and really getting that organized. The other thing is then really identifying the lakes that I'm going to. If I already have, let's say, tournaments or lake areas that I'm going to be going to, I'll go through, write those down, and then start some research, you know, getting maps, getting as much information as what I can find pertaining to those bodies of water. Uh, That way I'm prepared and and done really a lot of pre-fishing before I even show up on the lake. So things like that, I think it's a great way to help prevent cabin fever, but it's also a great way to ensure that once you do hit the water, that your time is spent with that bait in the water trying to catch a bass versus trying to do maintenance or trying to find something or a piece of tackle or something like that. Yeah, I know a lot of guys that uh, they take the winter months off just to go back and detail their jigs, and they go and, uh, you know, that's when they put the hot pink on or the, the flow glows. and Yep. You know, they have like a month where they uh, just, uh, they basically just come out with new products. Exactly. And, you know, you bring up a good point as far as, you know, the red and the pink and and with colored hooks. I mean, if you think about like on crankbaits, I mean, I love to have a red hook, you know, on topwater, on crankbaits, at least one. Well, it takes, you know, quite a bit of time to be able to, to change those out if you're sitting in the boat trying to fish. So this is a good time just to go through 
all your new crankbaits or all your old ones, put those new treble hooks on with a pair of split ring pliers to where you can really take the, you know, and invest the time to be able to do that and not be rushed while you're sitting in the, in the boat. Absolutely. Hey, folks, don't forget to send in a question or a comment, and you will be in the weekly drawing. Simply send an email to podcast at bassheads.com with your name and address in the body of the email, and we'll get you in the considerations for the contest. We need to take our final break. When we get back, we're going to join the king, Mr. Ken Whiting, and we'll find out all about Rod when we come back right here on The Edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. All right, we are back on the edge, and joining us is often known as the Wizard of Rods, and that is Ken Whiting from E21 Fishing. Ken, thanks so much uh, for taking time out of your crazy schedule to uh, be a part of the edge. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for the, for your time. Well, you know, I mean, when in you and I's conversation earlier, you know, we were talking about some of the different innovations and in, in the things that's taking place within the fishing market. But one of the things that uh, that I've noticed about yourself is you have quite a laundry list of accolades that go to uh, you know into to the making of rods. Can you can you talk a little bit before we get into some of the specifics about about your background? Um, golly, no, I don't. I, you know, it, it's kind of hard to pat yourself on the back, but uh, you know, I got got it legitimately got into the rod business in 2002 with a startup company uh, uh, called Eris, and known then as Cirrus. But uh, at any rate, I've been lucky enough to uh, have six best of show in the rod categories uh, and one overall best of show. The latter two of those, uh, the overall best of show and the uh, best of show in the freshwater uh, rod category in 2007 were both for the uh, uh, the Karastik LTX. Well, and that's what's unbelievable about that. That is all since 1998. Yeah, well, actually, the, the, the ones that I mentioned are just the, since 2002. There was another one. Uh, that I did for a rod that I uh, uh, did for uh, Lamaglass called the uh, TIE 2000 series. That was before I was even in the business. <laughs> what do you attribute your success to? I mean, are you just that much smarter than everybody else, or is it in... I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think that probably I've got about 27 years of background in uh, product design and product development in, as a self-employed uh, design consultant, so to speak and have had an opportunity to work in a multiplicity of uh, uh, disciplines and have gathered a lot of information, technical data, uh, materials, uh, so on and so forth from uh, a variety of areas. And I, I, I don't feel like I'm uh, probably as constrained as other R&D guys who uh, uh, work for uh, corporations. They tend to have blinders on and never never really look past what's in front of them. And, uh, I think that's probably been been the greatest benefit to me is being able to kind of work outside the box and uh, uh, you know call my own shots. It was that you know if I see something interesting come along, I've got the ability to go and test it and, and try it out. And that's where many of the products since 2002 have come from is just implementing technology from other other areas uh, into uh, rods and then 
pretty much trying to uh, design the balance of the rod around uh, things that are good for fishermen. Well, I mean, you know, certainly that freedom in thinking, I guess, if you will, speaks for itself with all the awards that you have. But, you know, transferring that over into, you know, modern day right now, you have some very exciting things, even since the ICAST show of just receiving best of show there, you know, pertaining to, you know, that new carrot stick LTX. But I also want you to really go into detail as far as how that, you know, the cellulose biofiber, how does that translate into helping anglers, you know, catch more fish? Well, basically, uh, I don't know about catching more fish because, of course, that's so much up to the up to the individual. As far as providing a rod uh, that may have more interesting characteristics to it, it's really a combination of the uh, the design of the blank and then also the implementation of the fiber. The design of the blank has to do with the castability and the overall performance, uh, whereas the uh, cellulose biofiber has to do with additional strength characteristics, which tend to uh, uh, add uh, a degree of flexibility to the epoxy matrix, which encases the uh, carbon fiber uh, filaments in a rod. What you see there is uh, a rod that is entirely graphite or 100% graphite, and yet takes on some of the the characteristics of uh, glass, which has always been kind of the uh, premier material for uh, uh, fishermen in terms of blanks, and yet the fishermen got away from blanks and the manufacturers got away from blanks made of glass due to the excess weight. Well, with the introduction of the, in the, of the biofibers into the blanks, uh, we're now able to go back to uh, blanks that have an action that is uh, more closely uh, related to uh, uh, some of the old glass rods. Uh, which were preferable, and in a rod that uh, weighs next to nothing. So is it is it really that, you know, from what I'm gathering is that you're able to combine not only the strength, but yet the sensitivity and the forgiveness, uh, the yeah, sensitivity the of graphite, but the the forgiveness of glass. Yeah, the sensitivity the sensitivity of the of the blank comes from the high modulus nature of the uh, the carbon fibers, and so the transmission of the sensitivity has not has not gotten lost uh, with the introduction of the uh, biofibers into the epoxy matrix. So then, are these on the uh, the the carrot stick on the LTX version? Is that something that can be used from drop shotting to flipping to cranking all across the board, or is it more uh, technique specific? No, as a matter of fact, uh, so many times in the past I, I have stayed away from uh, application-specific rods because the rods seem to, uh, you know, the rods that I, that I have designed seem to be very good for uh, more than one application. And rather than cubbyhole it or uh, whatever, uh, I just assume not, not put an application on it and have the individual pick one up, feel it, test it, bend it, whatever he needs to do. And let him make a decision based on what his what his personal preference is relative to the rod, uh, instead of uh, telling them what he's what he's going to use it for. So then, in, in pairing the let's say the components with the the blank itself after you went through the process, how important are the guides and, and the additional components that are placed on the rod post manufacturing? You know, well, post the blank. Guide wise, are we're using guides that. Uh, uh, were originally designed uh, by Berkeley, 
Pipe Pure Fishing. And I have a very good relationship with the boys at Pure Fishing and was able to work out an agreement with them to uh, use their guides uh, on our rods under the premise that whatever I did to change the guides over time as far as design changes, that those design changes would be available to them if they wanted to use them on their rods. So what we have is we actually have a proprietary guide which cannot be purchased over the counter or out of any catalog. The one thing that uh, I've gotten away from, I just got sick and tired of uh, ceramic inserts. They do two things that are terrible. They crack and they fall out. And it doesn't matter whether it's a a hardloy, a highloy, or a alkanite, or an SIC. They all do the same thing. They crack and they fall out. And uh, with the guys that we use, we use a, uh, a very high, uh, high-grade high stainless steel as the, uh, the base for the frame. And the uh, guide insert is also uh, a stainless, but it's double swage, which means it's wrapped around both sides of the frame, so there's no possible way it can come out. It's much thinner. It's actually about 15% lighter than uh, a comparable set of uh, SICs. And uh, wear-wise, we uh, offer the uh, guides on the LTX with a hard chrome-plated uh, inserts, and on the Boyd Duckett Classic Gold Series with a, uh, a titanium carbide uh, uh, powder coating on both the frame and the uh, on on both the guide and the insert or the frame and the insert. In in our last you know moment here, Ken, you've you've also changed some things since really since the iCast. One being a reduction of weight, and then also uh, really brought down the price. Can you talk just briefly on the, on those two things? Basically, re-implementation of the uh, positioning of the uh, uh, biofibers from an exterior uh, coating to an internal matrix uh, uh, implementation caused a weight reduction from four and a half ounces in the show in the rod that we showed at ICAST from 4.5 ounces down to about 3.3 ounces, and uh, the re-implementation of the biofibers to the internal matrix, we were able to reduce the uh, cost because of the uh, production expenses uh, by about $200 from $350 on the ICAST rod uh, that we showed to uh, $149.95 retail on the uh, Kerastic LTX. Well, I mean, it's, it just amazes me. You know, now I, I fully comprehend why you're called the Wizard of Rods just in that short period of time. I wish we had a lot more time, but unfortunately we don't. But for our listeners, how can they either find out more information, maybe through a website, or do you have a contact telephone number? You can have your listeners go to the website at www.e21fishing.com or contact our sales office in Canada at 416 416- Three four seven four eight three nine. Well, Ken, I just want to thank you for taking time out, and you've certainly, definitely educated us on uh, on the process of rod manufacturing, but also the importance of you know those cellulose biofibers and having that as a as a integral part of a rod component. So, thanks so much for your time, Aaron. Thank you so much. Well, Aaron, I got to tell you that was pretty insightful, and you know he must know what he's doing. He's won eight awards. You know, he he does, and I mean, when you think about rod designers, you know, he's been with Arius and now, you know, has since started E21 Fishing, which 
you know, part of those awards, he he got the best of show at the of the entire show at ICAST in Vegas, you know, for, wow. for a rod. And that's that's pretty amazing when you think about that. But, um, you know, just some of the technology that he brings, and you can tell by the interview, my, I, I love to learn as much as what I can technically about fishing, but that guy, I mean, Ken knows so much. I mean, he was making my head spin. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I got a problem with one thing. Cellulose, bile, fiber. Yep. You know, it's bad enough I have to worry about cellulite with me. i yeah, got to worry about it with enough. my rod. <laughs> I'm not putting my rod on the treadmill, man. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, the first thing when he said that, I'm like, okay, are we talking about uh, colon healthier? But no, seriously, <laughs> cellulose biofiber, essentially what that means is that it helps with the sensitivity, the strength, and the weight. And how it does that is because, as you know, the number of layers that are wrapped around that rod, like he indicated, you know, is going to not only create additional sensitivity because of the, the number of layers, but it's also going to add strength. The, yeah. the hard part, though, is when you start adding, traditionally, when you start adding layers, it adds weight and it becomes cumbersome, can create fatigue and, and some of those things. But, you know, through this new extrusion process that they have developed, um, I mean, not only have they actually improved it, even over the iCast version, on this new LX series, but they have also actually been able to reduce the weight and bring the price down by like 200 bucks. So, yeah. I mean, to me, that, that just makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, with graphite and the forgiveness of fiberglass, you get both the best of both worlds. Yeah, there, so. exactly, and, and that's where I think that when I asked him about, you know, do you consider these more technique-specific, meaning do you make a rod just for pitching or just for drop shotting or something like that, and his comment was, which I really appreciate, is that he stays away from the technique specifics because of the fact that he he wants the anglers to pick up a rod and then adapt it according to their fishing style. He said much just, you know, just like a golfer or a tennis pro or anything like that, you know, they want to develop their style, the angler, uh, for the rod, and then that way they can use it for whatever application. So it's, it's, it's a great concept. Yeah, and he doesn't like porcelain. No, 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 and that, yeah, he is extremely adamant on porcelain, which, you know, I, I'm not a, as big a fan of porcelain, but I never knew why. However, you know, he went back into this, the situation, regardless of what kind of porcelain you actually have, it is eventually going to crack and break, which, again, creates uh, line wear, right. and plus just the aggravation of having to go get it, you know, fixed. So what they use is that alloy uh, to where there is no porcelain, and the other thing that I did not know, but what causes, you know, porcelain eyewear is actually from fishing. It's not braided line. Braided line gets a, a bad rap. It is actually fishing dirty water. And the, the particles that are scattered throughout the water, causing it ultimately to be dirty or filled with sand and, you know, abrasives, well, that comes through on your line, and then that constant rubbing as you're reeling that line in, those particles, it treats it like sandpaper. So right. that was just tremendous knowledge to me. Well, folks, I can't believe it, but once again, we're out of time, and I hope you enjoyed this uh, portion of The Edge. Next week, we're going to have Bass Elite Angler. Help me out with this, Aaron. Jamie Fralick. Jamie Fralick, and I know that'll be exciting. And then we're going to be talking with Terry Brown from Bass Fan. In the meantime, be sure to visit us at www.bassheads.com. You always get to see a head cheesy shot of Aaron over there. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I, other than that, I just don't know what to do. So, uh, Aaron, we'll catch you next week. Absolutely. Look forward to it, Dan. All right, folks, for Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan Young. We'll see you next week, and thanks for listening to The Edge. 
This week's edition of Bass Edges, The Edge, has been brought to you by B&W Trailer Hitches, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Locker Bar Boat Security Systems, and MegaWare Keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com.